0: Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spetley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The volume. could he do that are you on cha- what charles darwin
1: the Nerd's is where it's at welcome
2: everybody back into nerd sesh. as always i'm carson brablin alongside me is logan Camden, and today is the day for our super bowl preview we are knocking on the door of the big game logan you are one of the few people out there who picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl before the playoffs even started to begin with. Here they are now. I presume that you are still riding the wave with them all the way to the finish. What is the biggest reason for that?
1: The biggest reason is the man under center, Patrick Mahomes. I feel like we can uh, we can kind of beat that dead horse sometimes with Mahomes. Mahomes is the greatest football player Uh, I've ever watched and I've come to that conclusion uh he's not the greatest is in you know legacy wise I think Tom Brady still holds that distinction but Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen when you couple arm talent composure uh throws play extension the scrambling ability like Mahomes is if you made a quarterback in a lab that's number one I mean in his playoff career he's 14-3 in 17 for playoff games 4,800 passing yards 283 passing yards per game 39 TDs to 7 picks with a 106.3 QBR and a uh, 67.4% completion percentage. It's going to be really hard to throw him off of his game. And you look at those three losses, how Mahomes has lost previous games in the playoffs. It has been due to immense pressure that he's faced. That Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thought they were going to run completely over the Buccaneers. Down three offensive linemen. I've never seen Mahomes under duress like that. So the Niners have to get a ton of pressure which i don't think out of the question i think it's possible they've got to get timely and game swinging turnovers uh the bengals got a ton of pressure forced two picks on Mahomes, sacked him four times and you probably got to get a little lucky i referenced this on the show we did with uh joel earlier today the d Ford offsides won new england that afc title game right so there's probably got to be a little luck right you think about some of the chiefs losses this year too the Kadarius tony drops the MVS drop in the Eagles game right all these big swings the Niners probably got to get a little lucky too and at the end of the day I Wrote down a keys to victory for the Chiefs and for the 49ers, right? What has to go right in both of these scenarios for it to happen my list for the 49ers? Had about 10 boxes that they needed to check the one for the Chiefs had about three and because of that I'm just not going to pick against them. I think it's kind of absurd right now, Carson, that Mahomes is an underdog in a Super Bowl, that he is an underdog once again in these playoffs. Uh, I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes when he has a genius defensive coordinator and the best defense that he's ever had. That was my take coming into this season. I have never wavered from that. I wavered one week when I thought about the Bills, and then I said... Mm-hmm. That genuinely kept me up at night, Carson, and I'm glad it did. It it disturbed me that I said that on the air, and uh, I, I think it's the perfect football recipe.
2: It is disturbing, and it is unsettling to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and you almost always pay for doing that. So I'm taking the Chiefs as well, and to me, the single most important factor is the difference in my confidence at the quarterback position, and specifically that formula of Best quarterback on the planet, plus elite dominant defense that we've so consistently preached as being so important and really has won the day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Even when some of the things offensively around Mahomes haven't been the prettiest, that formula has gotten them to this point. And I deeply believe in that formula. And Brock Purdy has played a lot of good football this year and is an above-average starting quarterback. But again, you're talking about rising to a different sort of challenge here. You're not talking about facing Jordan Love and the Packers or Jared Goff and the Lions, both of whom are good quarterbacks, but who also don't have the most inspiring defenses. You're now talking about facing the best quarterback to ever play the game with a top-two defense in football this year. Honestly, with how they've performed in this postseason run, you could argue the best defense in football this year. And when things have gone wrong for the Niners... It has been because you've gotten bra- bad Brock Purdy. In losses, he's thrown three touchdowns to nine interceptions. He has been thrown off his rhythm. At times, he's tried to do too much, and he has paid for that. He's been rattled in spots by the pressure. In wins, he's been basically perfect. I shared these splats before, but it's, it's just so crazy to have a split where in wins, you're 28 touchdowns to two picks, and in losses, you're playing statistically as like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. And over the last couple of weeks... We've just seen enough sketchy football from Brock. He's gotten over it. He led a game-winning drive against the Packers. He made a bunch of awesome clutch plays in the second half against the Lions. But throughout that game against Green Bay, in the rain, those balls were not getting out cleanly. He was missing easy throws when those pockets got tight, when they were condensed and he was under some pressure. He didn't look comfortable. He was bailing or he was missing throws from in there. And against the Lions, he threw several dangerous balls, interceptable balls, that ultimately the defense didn't capitalize on. And I just don't think you're getting away with that sort of inconsistency against Patrick Mahomes and against this Chiefs defense. I think he needs to play a much cleaner football game. I don't think he necessarily has to carry them throughout. I think the Niners would be at their best really hammering the run game in this one because this Chiefs run defense hasn't been that good. And this Niners run offense has been inevitably elite. It is their greatest strength as a football team. But I do think Purdy is going to have to make those few special plays. It's just very rare that a team wins the Super Bowl without their quarterback rising to that really impressive level, right? It's Mahomes in recent years, it's Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, even if he didn't play the most perfect all-around game, he was an elite quarterback that year and he made some huge, huge plays. Game-winning drive, the famous no-look throw. You just need that guy who can unlock the ceiling, and especially in those late-game situations, I think Mahomes is going to always put the pressure on the other team and the other quarterback to lead that clutch drive against this defense, that's tough to do. And if you give Mahomes the ball back, then he's probably just going to score on you. And I do love this Kansas City defense. They are an elite team in terms of generating pressure, second in pressure rate this year. They are an elite coverage team. We've talked consistently about how loaded that secondary is. And Spagnolo is one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. And especially in playoff settings, he just disrupts people. He throws them off their game. And there's going to be a couple of big-time blitzes that he dials up. And this is what... I said when we were talking with Joel Moran earlier, Logan mentioned it. Go check out that show if you want some more Super Bowl thoughts from us. That could be the thing that swings this game. Brock Purdy has performed statistically quite well against the Blitz this year. If he is able to land a couple of explosive plays in those spots, get the ball out cleanly and quickly, then that could right really change the dynamics of a drive for the Niners. If you really disrupt him, if things don't open up quickly enough, if he does force the issue, if you get a Brock Purdy turnover... By the way... <laughs> I found this video, it's really hilarious, it's Brock Purdy's turnover reel from college. And I'm not hating on Brock, but this is a hilarious video, bro. Some of the turnovers, at one point he's being sacked, he's spinning in like a 360, he throws the ball five yards behind him, it's the easiest pick six I've seen in my life. Like, he's always had that tendency for things to go a little bit wacky. And uh, I don't think you can afford that against the Chiefs. So do I trust him to play steadily enough against Mahomes in this defense for four quarters, I don't, and that's kind of the factor. It's a really high bar to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, no matter how great your team is. And also, the Niners' defense, Logan, has shown some cracks. I still think it's a very good unit, but I don't love the secondary, and I think that we have seen uh, teams run the football on them with some success. They're an average rushing defense in terms of efficiency allowed, and we saw the Lions, I mean, just dominate, dominate at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage in that first half. So... Yeah, there's just a couple concerns with the Niners, and even though their ceiling is so high, and we saw for long stretches this year, they felt like the best team in football. They felt inevitable. They felt like a juggernaut. The Chiefs never felt like that in the regular season, but that formula is so dependable, and that's just what I'm buying in on.
1: The Brock Purdy component is a big one. I'll put it like this. I think Brock Purdy has to play a perfect football game to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he has to play flawlessly, and what I mean by that is, He's not missing throws. He is not turning the ball over. And I think you made a great point, Carson. I think Kyle Shanahan has to lean super heavily into McCaffrey. If McCaffrey does not amass 100 yards, multiple TDs, I don't think the Niners have a prayer at winning this football game. Like, look at what the Kansas City Chiefs did to Lamar Jackson. And I'm not trying to pick on Brock Purdy, because you know what, guys? I have come around to it. For the entirety of this year, I said he was an average, he was a mid-quarterback. He's not, okay? I'm sorry, Brock. Brock is a good starting quarterback in the National Football League. And like we said, after a couple games through these playoffs, he has not had a good playoff run, but he has one elite trait that Brock does at an exceptional level. And that is, he gets the hell out of the pocket, he has play extension, and he keeps his head up. And like you said, man, he's got that that wild man in him. You need that wild man. Because guess what? The wild man's going to go out and he's going to make you some plays. So you know what? Hand up, Nick Collison, that's on me, guys. Brock is a good quarterback. I would take him over you know, Tua. I'd take him over Jared Goff. There are quarterbacks I would take Brock over. He's legitimately good. But I want you to take a look at what the Kansas City Chiefs defense did to Lamar Jackson. Now, you made a great point on Joel's show earlier, Carson, too, that the Ravens got themselves. They got completely away from their identity. They dropped Lamar back as a pocket passer. I, I completely put that on the shoulders of Todd Munkin. So, I... Uh, Take that with a grain of salt, but still, they were able to hem up the MVP of the National Football League and hold an offense that he leads out to 10 points. Those are results. And I think Kansas City has the defensive personnel to slow down Birdie the same way. Chris Jones bearing down on him all game long from the interior. Laftus on the outside. Uh, the secondary guys, like you mentioned, man, LeJarius Sneed, McDuffie. The way Spags disguises coverages. This is a very uphill battle for Brock Purdy. This is... He's going to have to go above and beyond and play perfectly. Like, I'm serious. If the 49ers have one turnover in this game, I think it's over. Like, Jalen Hurts played a perfect football game. One play. One fumble. And they lost. And that was the difference between Mahomes. Carson, you said this uh, in the perfect way a a couple weeks ago. Against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, there is no margin. There is no margin for error. Think about the last time I referenced this too. Think about the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. You miss one throw to Emmanuel Sanders, and that is the nail in the coffin. Like, there is no margin for error against the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is why I have a different level of faith in this team. I don't think you can make a mistake. You can't blink, man. You cannot blink against the Chiefs.
2: You mentioned the Eagles game and I will say this does feel different to me because uh, that was just a more dynamic offense last year and the Chiefs offense has always been more dynamic than it has been this year. And I'm not saying that I don't trust them to deliver in big spots because I do because they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and they've delivered up to this point in the playoffs except for last week. They really didn't. They put up zero points in the second half. They really weren't moving the ball at all. And it was that defense that stepped up. So to me, it's a different dynamic where I'm not expecting that the Niners offense necessarily has to be perfect. I, of course, think they have to be good, but it's not quite to me like last year where it's, oh my God, you put up 35 points and you still lose. I mean, if the Niners put up 35 points, they're winning this game. The Chiefs haven't done that all year. The Chiefs haven't had an explosive offensive performance since week seven, but at the same time. I don't see how you put up 35 points. Nobody sniffed putting up 35 points on this Chiefs team. So it does feel different, but I agree the bottom line, the margin is still very small. I do think though that the Niners have some clear paths to winning this football game because at the end of the day, they are still the more overwhelmingly talented team. If you are winning at the quarterback position, and if you are winning in terms of overall team defense, then I am going to believe in that formula most of the time, but the Niners defense is still loaded, and they have a historically talented group of offensive skill position talent. We know all of that. So, one of the keys I look at, you mentioned the Tampa game. I don't know that we'll ever see Patrick Mahomes disrupted like that again. I mean, that was maybe the most convincing dominance from one defensive line against an offensive line that I can think of in my lifetime. But I do think that the Niners potentially have a real advantage there if Joe Tooney is out, which it seems he is more likely than not to be. Andy Reid is saying the chances of him playing are slim. Maybe he does, but the recovery time for his injury is normally four to six weeks, and it's only been not three weeks yet. So we can't rule it out. But if he is out, Nick Allegretti has filled in well, but you are just losing a like first-team all-pro kind of guy. So that's a downgrade. And... The Niners have dominant pass rushers on the interior. Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave. And then we know that the Chiefs have been a little bit sketchy at tackle all year. That's been a vulnerability. And when you have Chase Young and Nick Bosa coming off the edges, it's just a high-powered pass rush against a line that could be down their best player and already has a question mark on the tackles. I also think if we look at the other side of the ball, This is a factor in what I was talking about where you're not going to have to necessarily go crazy and put up somewhere in the high 30s to win because this Chiefs offense hasn't been as dynamic. And even though they've clearly looked better in the playoff run, and I thought they were legitimately pretty great against the Bills, they moved the ball a lot against that Dolphins defense that was very, very banged up. But they left some points on the table. They left some meat on the bone. Against the Bills, they left some meat on the bone. Against the Ravens, they just weren't that good offensively overall. And in the second half, they were not good at all. But... I think they're going to have to finish drives. I think that execution is going to be huge in this game. And they were 17th in red zone percentage this year. In the playoffs, they're 6 of 13 in the red zone. And when we talk about the lack of offensive explosiveness versus years past, that's not just raw point totals. That's not just going from 35 points per game in 2018 when they were at their absolute peak offensively to 22 points per game this year. It's also the speed at which they move down the field. It's those chunk plays. This is a team that has committed more, in the playoffs especially, to running the ball, to grinding teams down a bit with Pacheco, and to putting together these extended methodical drives. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it does put pressure on you to consistently execute flawlessly and to finish those drives with meticulous, Good play after good play after good play instead of, oh my god, we just scored the 60-yard touchdown. So there is pressure on them in that respect, and they haven't necessarily aced that test. And I am always going to be concerned about, okay, if you are driving down the field in 10-12 to plays, what if you do get that one disaster class from a receiver? What if you do get that, oh my god, terrible drop, or oh my god, terrible mental error? It just requires more consistent on-point execution. Uh, so that's why I don't expect this to be like a shootout. Like, I think this is going to be about the Chiefs' defense being great and then about Mahomes being great, but not to the point where he leads them to 35 points, to the point where he gets them to somewhere between 24 to 27 and he makes the big clutch plays, and that's what they'll need.
1: I'll add a couple things to that. I disagree. I think we are going to see a shot play or two in this game. I think the Niners' secondary has proven to be pretty human. Uh, There have been some big breaks here in the playoffs, uh, against the Lions specifically the two big ones like if Andy Reid dials up a you know a, a play out of his back pocket like a Jamison Williams end around or something like that um, or you know again again we've seen cracks in the secondary and like you said earlier I think the Niners run defense is a little more susceptible to getting marched on so this is the most human the Chiefs offense has looked, and that is why everybody hopped off of the bandwagon as the season went along. That's why people said the Bills were going to make the Super Bowl or the Ravens were going to make the Super Bowl. Here is what I'll say about the Chiefs offense and how I think the Niners can slow them down and limit them. The Chiefs have the least amount of skill, position, talent that they have had In the Mahomes era, right? Even down to last year when they lost Tyreek Hill, they had Juju Smith-Schuster. And I will go to war for that boy. I love you, Juju. I know you didn't do Jack in New England. Well, you had Mac Jones tossing you the football and you had an incompetent offensive coordinator. Juju's a good receiver. And if you put him with a competent quarterback and a competent offensive system, he's a good player. He put up 900 yards last year. And he was big in the Super Bowl. Seven catches. Big in the Super Bowl. Exactly. This year, they don't have that. You know, a couple years back, they had Tyreek Hill. They had Travis Kelsey. I like Rasheed Rice a lot, and I've got a prop bet for you guys later in the show. Do you like, like Mike, Juju more than Rasheed? Yes. Yes. Really. Juju. Juju. Out. Of, I'll put it like this. I, I like Rasheed on the outside more as mm-hmm. an outside receiver. I like Juju in the slot. Yeah. I would rather have that slot guy just because Juju's a tough nails over the middle. Can, I get that. You know, can take a hit. Just he—he's more of a third down guy. You know yeah, what no, I mean? No. So. I marginally, but I like Rasheed a lot. I marginally prefer, uh, prefer Juju. That being said, that means that I think you can divert extra attention. You're going to run rush forward most of this game because you have a great front if you're San Francisco. I think that means you can divert extra attention to Travis Kelsey to X him out because that is my conscious goal if I am Steve Wilkes in this football game. I am focused on two major things. That is limiting Mahomes' play extension when he scrambles on crucial third downs and big plays, because Mahomes is great at that. And I'm focusing on completely Xing out Travis Kelsey. He wrecked that game against Baltimore. Without Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs do not win that football game. So I am taking one to two guys every play, and I don't even care if it's a zone. If you're running a you know a cover three, a cover two. I don't care. There's always one guy that I'm putting man up on Travis Kelsey. And if it's a man up scenario, maybe I'm putting two guys on Kelsey. Make the other guys beat you. Uh, You know, it's a basketball analogy. You're going to double team the superstar score and you're going to make the guy who can't hit threes kill you. Go ahead. Kill me, Josh Akogi. Right? Right. Not to pick on Josh Akogi, but you know what I mean. Let's do it. This guy can't (laughs) knock down a spot up jumper. He hasn't been able to since Georgia Tech. Exactly. So, that is my goal if I'm the Niners, and that is how I think I most effectively can limit this attack. Pacheco's not gonna break off a big run and kill me, right? Pacheco's gonna grind out the game. And that 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 points to your point, Carson. You just limit those big explosive plays and you make them nickel and dime. It's the Brady way, and that's the way to beat them is to grind them into a vice, force them to settle in the red zone, and it's always easier said than done. But I am making a huge effort to X out Travis Kelsey and make the other guys kill me. And if I lose like that, you know what? I'll go out like that. But I'm not letting Travis Kelsey feast on me for 10 catches, 100 yards, and a TD.
2: I think that you absolutely have to dial in on Kelsey. And you have to try to make everybody else beat you. And the Niners have really good coverage linebackers. And I think that they should have a second guy, at least shadowing Kelsey the entire game. I just think when it comes down to these big games, especially against zone defense, and that's what the Niners do. They run zone defense basically every down. Who is better at finding those soft spots? Who is better at finding the open space and converting on those big third downs? Just getting you the 8 to 10 more yards when you need it than Travis Kelsey. Nobody.
1: And, dude, he's, like, improvisational, too. That's one totally. of the things about Kelsey is that it's this beautiful thing between two receivers when or a quarterback yes. and a receiver when they've played together for so long it's like Peyton and Marvin it's like Ben and AB they just have this innate chemistry where they know and it's deeper with Kelsey and Mahomes because it's not just that they have the chemistry it's that Kelsey is one of the smartest yeah. in dissecting coverage and just knowing where to move man it is a it's a special pairing it
2: totally is and that's another thing man when we talk about The ability of the Niners front to get pressure, I think that they can, but Mahomes negates pressure with his mobility, Mm -hmm. and his buddy is going to have perfect synergy with him. They are going to be on the same page almost every time him and Kelsey, and you can't really overstate how much he leans on Kelsey in these playoff spots. Last four years, Travis Kelsey in the regular season is a 77-yard-per-game guy. Really good over the totality of that stretch. Mm -hmm. Last three years has been lower than it was in the 2020 season. This year was the lowest. But over the last four postseasons, he is a 98-yard-per-game guy. Like, he is a historically productive playoff weapon, and that really has been kind of inevitable. Like, plenty of teams have tried to take Travis Kelsey away. It is, as you say, Logan, a lot easier said than done. And I do think that the Niners will be able to mostly limit explosive plays. We did see the Chiefs unlock that explosive play to end the game because everybody Mm -hmm. was so... So fixated on Kelsey that it opened things up over the top for MVS. But again, I pulled up some numbers here. Patrick Mahomes last year led the league in explosive passes, that's 20 plus yards by 16. And he led the league in 40 plus yards passes. This season, he is 10th in 20 plus yard passes and 13th in 40 plus yard passes. So that's what I'm saying. Like they're just not going to explode in the same way. But I do trust them to nickel and dime their way down the field. I mm-hmm. mean, Patrick Mahomes, it was so funny. Last year, Logan, we still had the narrative that like, oh, Mahomes is too mistake prone, and against these two high looks, oh, he's not the same quarterback. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're past all of that. Every single criticism you guys have ever thrown at Mahomes is silly, mm-hmm. and he has disproven with authority. So he can do it. He can put together as many composed, methodical drives as needed, and... uh I maybe don't love this Chiefs offense, but I trust it. I trust it because they have Patrick Mahomes.
1: He's Tevlon, man. You can't touch him. Like, it's, and he's been in so many of these big spots. Like, he's just, he's composed almost every time. Uh, Yeah, I would never, I, I would legitimately never bet against the guy, and that's, So what I come down to, man, is that I have keys for the 49ers. I have ways that the Niners can win this football game. They're very talented. I think you have to force one turnover. I think you have to swarm Travis Kelsey. I think you have to stop Isaiah Pacheco. I think you have to run the hell out of the ball. I think Brock Purdy has to play a perfect game. And I think you have to get pressure and disguise the coverages. That's something that I would focus on if I was Steve Wilks, man. I know the Niners don't do a ton of it, right? The Spags and Mike McDonald, the Ravens and Chiefs, that was kind of their staple is... Pre-rotating safeties at the line of scrimmage, rotating linebackers, etc. If you know, I'm Steve Wilkes, man, I, you have to dial up a special game plan for Mahomes, and that still might not be enough, man. Uh, I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. And I
2: don't think that Steve Wilkes is cooking that up, man. Maybe if they still had D'Amico, maybe if they still had Sala, but as good as the personnel is, there's a reason the team results haven't been quite as dominant, quite as impressive this year, and I do think that it's. A little bit of a lack of creativity at the defensive coordinator spot. And this is going to be a fun coaching battle, man. Like, we are going to see a lot of great coaches out there on the field. We have one of the great, if not the greatest play callers ever in Andy Reid. We have one of the great play callers of this generation who very well could be on the trajectory to be considered one of the all-time great guys, certainly one of the all-time quarterback elevators already, what Kyle Shanahan has done producing elite offenses with Purdy, who's good, but is not in that elite tier, and with Jimmy G, who was not good, period, and they were still putting up their 30 points a game. Who do you like in that matchup? Which coaching staff do you trust more?
1: It's a good question. I would say Kansas City top to bottom. Yeah. Spags is Spags is the difference maker for me, man. When you think about the dragons that he slayed, uh, obviously took down the undefeated Patriots team, he's just been in a lot of different spots, man, and he just there's merit to what I think is the most impressive thing about Steve Spagnuolo is this season how the Chiefs have come out of second halves and been so dominant. Mm-hmm. There has been no team better at making in-game adjustments after getting tape in the first half than Kansas City. I mean, they just shut you down. Yeah. They 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 put you in a vice and they shut you down. I think we're looking at a battle of the Titans. Shanahan, and this is why I wonder if Shanahan has a trick up his sleeve, because how, how do I put this? Not that the Chiefs aren't throwing in the towel or that the Chiefs have less, less to play for. Shanahan needs oh, this yeah. win. And we stressed this on Joel's show earlier. Shanahan's legacy is the biggest legacy on the line. If Mahomes loses this Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. He's still the most talented quarterback in NFL history, right? And they're going to be back, I would presume. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood, right? Shanahan has to get this monkey off his back. It is the biggest monkey in coaching history. And I threw out a lot of the names uh, earlier uh, from Bill Cowher, who would get to the AFC title game and then he'd lose to Stan Humphreys and the Chargers. If it was Dan Reeves, he'd get his team to the big game and then they'd get blown out by f- six touchdowns. You know, that's not an exaggeration. He would get blown out by 40 points. Uh, you know, you have Andy Reid, who this monkey was on his back for years. They'd get to the NFC title game, lose with Donovan McNabb, or get to the Super Bowl against Brady and, you know, you just lose. Like, it's the final hurdle for any great coach especially for one like Kyle Shanahan who has been knocking on the doorstep doorstep year after year with these Niners teams. It's the final one. And what I'm saying is that I think Shanahan is going to have this is the deepest his bag's ever gonna be. You know what I mean? If you if there's a game Think about how Bill Cowher finally got that monkey off his back. It took a bogus touchdown from Ben Roethlisberger in the red zone, and it took him dialing up a flea flicker with Heinz Ward and Antoine randall You know, it's Bill Cowher uh, dialed up an onside kick in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 30 that nobody ever talks about. They always point to the Sean Payton one because the Saints won the game. Bill Cowher invented that play, right? When these guys get to the pinnacle, they get to the big game, It is a time to pull out all the stops. It is time to break out every play in the playbook. What I'm saying is that Kyle Shanahan is going to come into this game prepared. He is going to have tricks up his sleeve. He is going to have plays ready to go. Because I don't think Kyle Shanahan can endure another one. This is going to be another offseason where the narrative is Shanahan's a choker. Shanahan's a loser in the biggest games. That's just not the case. But we have to go. We have to be black or we have to be white. There's no gray area. You know what I mean? There's no middle ground. (laughs) We have to, we always have to pick one side of the spectrum and it's going to be determined if he wins or loses what Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's legacy is the biggest legacy on the line in this football game. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to come in prepared.
2: That's interesting. I don't know if I totally agree. And maybe I am easier on Shanahan than most people, but you talk about the guys who had to get the monkeys off their backs respectively. The reality is that to win the Super Bowl, especially today, great quarterback play is almost essential. You basically need it. And Andy Reid was doing his thing for years and years and years. And Donovan McNabb was really good, but he wins it when he gets Patrick Mahomes, the generational quarterback talent. And now the perspective on him is totally flipped, when in reality, he was a pretty great coach the entire time. You mentioned Bill Cowher, Logan. Pretty hard to win a Super Bowl with Neil O'Donnell. Like I'm not even saying and that Cordell Stewart. Yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that second year Ben was even all that great, but he was certainly the best quarterback that he had had. So,
1: and he made and he made the plays that they needed. And he made him the to plays make. that
2: they needed him to make, and that's what any quarterback has to do to win a game. So when I look at Kyle Shanahan, I'm just like, how can we grill this guy because Jimmy G misses a throw, or because last year he literally had to call upon Josh Johnson in a championship game. I just think the track record and the notion that like Shanahan is costing his team in these spots, to me, it's misguided. To me, it's inaccurate. I think it's so impressive that they've been here so consistently, dude. This is four championships in the last five years? Four championship appearances? That's ridiculous.
1: I think Shanahan bears responsibility for some of the games this postseason. Obviously, they don't lose. That haven't been the best coach games by Shanahan. And then I do think that... He obviously bears the brunt of that responsibility for the Falcons-Pats game when uh, they continue to throw the ball. I completely agree with you, though. I I mean, I'm picking my brain right now. There's arguably no other coach that has done more with less at the quarterback position than Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I can't think of a guy that has overachieved this consistently. And granted, yes, the rosters are loaded. The coordinators are really good. But you're right. the 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 rule always was is that you have to have an elite quarterback yeah. to do this thing, and he's doing it with Brock. And Brock's a good quarterback. I don't don't paint that picture yeah. that I, that he's shitty. But he's doing it with Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's winning games with Nick Mullins. It's, right. There's arguably no greater yeah floor raiser from a QB. And again, like like think about that. Shanahan got this kid prepared. I'm not saying that Purdy wouldn't have been good anywhere else, but. To take a guy who was the last pick in the draft and you ru- run the table yeah. with the kid, man, it's unheard it's of. Yeah, own.
2: so I'm excited to see what Shanahan cooks up, but I do think in some ways, like, simplicity is best here, right? Lean on your bread and butter, run the damn football, put the ball in Christian McCaffrey's mm-hmm. hands, and then it's going to be about hitting those shot plays in certain spots because this Niners offense— Yeah, they dominate on the ground, but that passing game is explosive. They swing and they hit big there. But obviously, you got to make taking away the run the defense's top priority. You got to load up those boxes to have the best opportunity to hit those shot plays. And I think he could draw up a couple of crazy things. But again, it's just going to be about Mm -hmm. being selective, hitting those in the right spots. For the most part, do what you do best because I think that Oftentimes, people will look at a result and they'll say, oh, it's the coach's fault. The one that everybody's always going to talk about is the Falcons game, and fair enough. They didn't need to keep throwing Mm -hmm. the football. But the fact that that then defines your reputation for the rest of your life, like, that's insane. That's a half of football. Not to mention the incredible stuff that he did getting that offense to be historically great throughout the regular season, making Matt Ryan the MVP of the league. Matt Ryan Mm -hmm. had a good career. Never looked like that in any other season, and that was deep into the Matt Ryan experience. That was year nine. So... I think generally he gets too much criticism, but the one time where it was like, okay, Kyle, what are we really doing here? Was the first half against the Packers, the clock management, but also just Mm -hmm. like spreading things out a little bit too much, not just running the damn football. Like Lafleur was kind of cooking him. So you don't want to overthink things and you don't want to say, all right, well, let me show you what I can do. Like just do your thing, do what you do best. If the Chiefs win this game, Logan, or if the Niners win this game, who do you think will be the hero for whoever that winning team is?
1: That's a good question. Uh, The hero. The Niners, I think it's going to have to be a defensive player. And and like I said, I think for – we know what we're getting with the Niners. And, I mean, if you want me to pick, like, an MVP, it would probably be McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey has to have a great game for them to win. But, like, an unsung guy, I think it's going to be Dre Greenlaw. I think it's going to be Fred Warner – I think it's going to be one of those guys getting pressure a prerequisite to beating Patrick Mahomes. Like I said earlier, they got to get a turnover, they got to get uh, sacks, they got to get pressure and it's doable. I mean, the Niners mm-hmm. have immaculate defensive personnel. They can damn sure get it done. It's just a matter of execution. If the Niners win, I think the hero is going to be a defensive player who got a sack, who got a turnover. Again, because I think that has to happen for you to beat the Chiefs. You have to get that extra possession. You yeah. have to swing the momentum a little bit. For the Chiefs, I think it might be Isaiah Pacheco. And the reason I say that Ooh. is if the Chiefs get up in this game, and I love this about Kansas City because it is so stylistically different from what they used to do when they had Tyreek and they had Kelsey and it was, it was the track show. You know, we're going to boom, burners. You know, we're sending them, mm-hmm. we're going to drop 30 points on you. That's what I think is so beautiful about this Kansas City team is how smart they play. The entirety of that second half on Baltimore, they had a touchdown lead. In every possession, they said, we're just going to burn time off the clock. Our defense has been eaten. We're going to let them keep eating. We're going to burn this clock. We're going to burn this Mm -hmm. clock. And it worked. When Kansas City gets up in games, they know how to manage those leads. And if they get up in this game, if it's a touchdown, if it's 10 points, if it's two tight TDs, whatever it is, I think Pajekko is going to be the workhorse and the guy that they lean on to get first downs, to keep the clock moving. Um and to get it done and obviously the I don't even want to pick and the entirety of the defense in spags is going to be yeah. a, a huge component but the unsung guy I think would probably be Pacheco if they get a lead in this game Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58 DraftKings Sportsbook has you
2: covered New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200
1: instantly in bonus bets Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code NERDS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code NERDS. The crown is yours. Deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: I think it's pretty obvious that the best player on the field for these two teams I would expect to be Patrick Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey, respectively. I think McCaffrey can do a whole lot to put them in a position to succeed offensively and to be in the spot where the game is within reach. Ultimately, though, I think it is hard for a running back to single handedly win you a game. And I do think that they're going to need Purdy to make those big plays. But I would probably look at the defensive side of the ball too, and maybe it's one of the pass rushers to me. I think those are the guys who have the most potential to disrupt the game, even more than like a Fred Warner. I think he could do really well in coverage, but I think it's probably going to be one of the guys up front if you're talking about a game-breaking impact. And I do like Pacheco as a shout for the Chiefs, but I would point to the totality of the defense because... We make it all about Mahomes, and last week we made it all about Mahomes. We didn't. I love using the royal yeah, we. I yeah, love yeah. using the royal <laughs> we specifically to talk about things that we here actually do not do. I don't know. I guess I feel some great sense of community, and I want to take responsibility for every bad take and bad narrative that's out there. But the general public and NFL media after last week. Talked about the inevitability of Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, and he's the best player to ever play football, in my opinion. But it was the defense. It was the defense that held a great offense to ten points. It was the same defense that hold Miami to seven points. A Miami offense that, yeah, had its issues, primarily to a tongue of Iloa, and the weather wasn't good, but they were healthy, and that had been such a dynamic offense throughout the regular season, and the Chiefs just ate them alive. People know. That this Chiefs defense is really good, but I still think it probably doesn't get enough credit in terms of how vital to their success as a team it is because they have been a better defense than an offense almost every single week of the year. So it's just unbelievable what they've done on that side of the ball. And again, that's like the biggest reason that I believe in this Chiefs team, along with, of course, Mahomes. But I would say my score prediction is Chiefs 26 to 20. And I think holding the Niners to 20 points in a game like this is a hell of an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, I, I'm aligned with you, and I know you got on me for the Ravens game for predicting a, a little bit more of a blowout. I, I'm going yeah. to go ahead and I'll be the guy again. I'm, I'm picking a 10-point victory for Kansas City. I'm going to say 31-21, and, and my justification is, one, I do think it, if they hold the Niners to 20, 21 or less, oh, my God. I mean, immaculate performance from this defense. But, yeah. two, I do worry about the cracks in the armor uh, of the secondary of a shot play popping off or something uh-huh. like that, and that's why I'm going to go with the ten point victory. It's not a classic Mahomes air it out dominate, but I think it's um, I think they connect on a few of those big plays that that break the game open. So I'm going to go with a ten point victory for Kansas City.
2: It is interesting to me that you keep betting on that offense to put up thirty. I think I'm you picked it against it, the Bills.
1: I, I did. I did.
2: I picked it against Baltimore, I'm pretty sure. Hasn't happened since week 12 against the Raiders, Logan. The Raiders. (laughs) The Raiders. That is nine straight games in which they haven't gone above 27. I don't think that they're going to go crazy. And if a team was to win this game in blowout fashion, I would expect it to be the Niners. Just because when I think about blowouts, dude, when I think about blowouts, It's very rare to me that an individual player can lead you to a blowout. So it would probably be something like Bucks-Chiefs 2.0. I went into that game so confident that the Chiefs were gonna win and win comfortably. And it turns out that I underestimated the significance of a great pass rush against a team down three linemen. If Tooney is out and that pass rush goes crazy and you just completely take away all the time that they have to operate, and you force a couple turnovers. And if you don't disrupt Purdy, like that's how the Niners run away with football games, Logan. The Chiefs haven't run away with a football game against anybody. Who have the Chiefs blown out this year? The Bears. That was in week three. That's it. They beat teams in close games because they have the best quarterback on the field and they have the best defense. But in terms of blowout formula, like, what does it look like if the Chiefs blow out the Niners? Brock literally
1: has an aneurysm? Yes! That's easy, bro. I mean, it might be low-hanging fruit, but Brock Purdy crumbles. I mean, that's my fundamental basis is that, like, I just fundamentally disagree. I think if a team's going to get blown out, it's going to be San Francisco, and it's going to be because Brock Purdy craps his pants.
2: That's happened once. But even in the Ravens game that felt like such a disaster, they still only lost by two touchdowns, and that was with four turnovers. Like, they still moved the ball. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I feel pretty strong that the Chiefs are going to win this game. But if things got really ugly, I just find it hard to imagine that it's the team that is way more overall talent that things go really ugly for. Like, again, the Niners, how many games have they won by multiple scores this year, dude? A million. A million and a half, maybe. And that's just not how the Chiefs win football games. But I am pretty confident that they're going to win, which uh, makes me think, Logan, One of my favorite bets for this game is the Chiefs to cover minus three as an alternate line because to me, the fact that they're still two-point dogs is just kind of crazy. Like, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's this defense. They continue to show that they can deliver on this stage. And so I would say, why not make them the favorite? Get yourself some better odds. That's plus 152 on DraftKings. I'm just very, very confident, in the scheme of things at least, that they're going to win this game. For them being an underdog I really like their chances.
1: I'm glad you said that because one of my favorite bets for this game is just straight up Chiefs money line. You can yeah. get it at plus a hundred. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes being an underdog in any scenario is a no brainer hammer. Uh, yeah, I-, I-, I think it's unbelievable that a guy with a 14 and three career playoff record is not favored in the biggest game of the year. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that, that to me seems like, like free money, man. Plus a hundred. And this is, was he, do you know if he was favored and the chiefs were favored against Miami, right? Yeah. They were favored against Miami, but underdogs against Baltimore too. uh, That's probably my favorite bet for this game.
2: Yeah. I believe that Mahomes is ten-one and one against the spread when he's an underdog. It's just a wild thing to do to make him an underdog, especially in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, Mahomes is a guy that steps up in the big games. And another guy that steps up in the big games is Chris Jones. Mm. Another one of my favorite ones for this game is Chris Jones over .25 sacks, which I think is kind of a funny line. Like they could have gone with half a sack or something. But uh, Chris Jones steps up in the game's biggest moments. And it's always hard predicting sack totals, uh, especially from a guy that's on the interior. But I like the odds, and he is a big gamer. Plus 130. I think Jones is going to be in the backfield all game long, and I got to think he disrupts and gets to Purdy at least once during this game.
2: I think that that is an insane line. This is Mm -hmm. Chris Jones, man. This is the guy who a year and a half ago had like one of the longest consecutive games with the sack streaks ever. He had Mm -hmm. 10.5 sacks this year. I really, really like that. When you talk about big game players, though, Logan. Travis Kelsey might be the one over 70 and a half yards for me. I get what we've talked about, that the Niners are going to make it a point of emphasis to double team him consistently to make anybody else beat him and that they do have great coverage linebackers. But he has gone over this number in his last 12 playoff games, man. I just think the Mahomes-Kelsey connection is too inevitable. Every third down, he is going to be looking to Kelsey. Every time they go to backyard football, Kelsey is going to be the dude who's moving perfectly in sync with him, and I just think that he's going to step up. 70 to me, it's just too low of a number for playoff Kelsey.
1: That's interesting. My long shot bet for this game is actually fading that. uh, I anticipate that the Niners are going to give that extra attention to Travis Kelsey, and so my long shot bet of the game is... Rasheed Rice to have the most receiving yards at this game at plus 300 Uh, I just think you look at I mean Mahomes isn't turning to anybody else and so if they x out Kelsey if they do give him a ton of attention kind of try to slow him down I think Rice is going to be the guy that feasts and we've seen him pop off in a few games this year you know over 100 yards Mm -hmm. again if they command that extra attention to Kelsey I think Rasheed Rice is going to be the guy that eats
2: I don't dislike that But I do just think that Kelsey's going to produce no matter what, man. He just finds a way. Kyle Hamilton on him last week. He had 100 yards in the first half. That's just what he does. My last bet that I really like is, again, just going with an elite player. I like CMC over 89.5 rushing yards. That's hit in seven of his last eight games. And as we talked about, the Niners have to lean on the run this game, in my opinion. Lean on your greatest strength against the opposing defense's one weakness. And, uh... The one thing that concerns me is if the Niners fall behind here, are they going to run with the volume? But I think unless they are getting blown out, like unless they go down three touchdowns, right? I think they're going to continue to commit to the run game, doing what's best. And I think that CMC, that guy's just unbelievable. He's legitimately one of the best running backs of all time. And he, he plays so damn hard and he is so crazy elusive I thought about going with like a scrimmage prop here too, because even if they do go down and they start passing more, I think on those checkdowns he's going to be there. I just trust him to ball out in this game no matter what.
1: Well, uh, well deserved offensive player of the year too, man. You know, yeah. between between him and Tyreek, but as we discussed too, the multifaceted impact in the game I think is just hard to to overlook, man. Um, yeah, you Mc- know what's McCaffrey's stupid special, dude. You know what's
2: stupid? What's Josh Allen was fifth in MVP voting behind so Brock done. Purdy and behind CNC. what? The Niners apparently had two offensive players more valuable than Josh Allen this year. That's crazy how that happens.
1: Who votes on these things,
2: man? People wearing dunce caps. Common Mm. fools. Drunkards who they find at local bars singing old sailor songs. (laughs) Vagrants and vagabonds. 'er Ne'er-do-wells. Thieves. Marauders.
1: That's disgusting. Pillagers. like a human thesaurus.
2: Brutes. Troglodytes. Neanderthals. All of the above. That's who they. That's who they pulled for this one. When is Josh going to get his respect, Logan?
1: And they took Joe Flacco over Baker Mayfield for comeback player of the year. Man. Oh wow! I wasn't Hamlin. expecting
2: you to say Baker Mayfield. I was expecting you to say Demar Hamlin. Well, I mean, that yeah, was crazy.
1: I thought, I thought Demar should have won it, and then I think if you're going to pick a next guy, it had to be Baker. And like, but guys, it's just Joe- not
2: as compelling. Joe Flacco's old as hell. He came off his couch. He went crazy for five weeks. Baker just went from being bad to, to like above average. It doesn't really move me, bro. It's kind of got to be major injury or Or obviously what DeMar went through.
1: A a decrepit old man. Yeah,
2: or you come back to the league entirely when you were retired. That's pretty cool. But I was really surprised that DeMar didn't get it. That was crazy to me.
1: As was I.
2: And, of course, your boy TJ didn't get Depoy.
1: I don't want to talk about it.
2: Anything else that really stood out from NFL awards? Stefanski got coach of the year. I was fine with that, but I would have given it to D'Amico. Let me go turn that ship around, man.
1: I would have given it to the boy Mike Tomlin, man.
2: Yeah, I'm sure you would have. Can't wait to hear the Mason Rudolph MVP case. I was
1: going to say, dude, I would have given Mason MVP. I would have given Jalen Warren Offensive Player of the Year, Bro, if you're going to
2: give Baker Comeback Player of the Year, you might as well give it to Mason. Mason sucked, and then he was good.
1: Yeah, dude. Mason's got God on his side, man. That boy can do anything.
2: Wow. All right. Mason Rudolph (laughs) has apparently been selected by the divine like the kings of old. Any final thoughts on this Super Bowl, Logan? Anything else you want to get off your chest?
1: I I just enjoy the chess battle. I am really yeah. excited just to see the battle between Spags and Shanahan. I think when you're looking at, we've seen good battles before. Uh, you know, head coaching wise, if it was you know Sean Payton, and I believe he was going No, that was Jim Caldwell. We've uh, seen good battles before, Jim Caldwell's mid. I was thinking about Tony <laughs> Dungy. We we've seen great battles on the stage but we've never seen one quite like shanahan and spags where i think they're i don't know you could argue mike mcdaniel but i mean considering mcdaniel was under shanahan i think shanahan's the best offensive mind in the game uh, up there with andy Reid. and then defensively i think spags is probably the best defensive mind in the game so we're we're in for a treat carson as uh, as terrell owens said get your popcorn ready
2: Get your popcorn ready, buddy. Also get ready for everybody to make this game about Brock Purdy, regardless of the result. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know that to some extent we're complicit in this. We talk about Brock Purdy a lot, but guess what? It's because that's what everybody talks about. But I will say, if Brock Purdy just, like, plays a fine game, but the Niners win, and then everybody decides He's that he is QB1 or QB2 and that he can do something that Josh Allen couldn't. Ryan Clark said that he had separated himself from the Justin Herberts of the world. Let's just find the rational middle ground, Logan. Not to sound like a broken record. I do think this is an awesome, awesome coaching matchup, though. I'm trying to think of, like, what would reach this level. The Harbaugh's, that was a pretty epic coaching battle. Those are two great coaches. Like, I know that Jim didn't have, like, the historic stature within the sport because he coached four years, but I'll be damned if he didn't ball out in those four years mcveigh and zach taylor does not belong on those tiers mcveigh mcveigh belichick maybe mcveigh belichick that was a pretty sweet one and that was a similar vibe in terms of young and and up-and-coming guy who hasn't Mm -hmm. done it shanahan's been around longer versus like long tenured goat tier kind of guy
1: but that was also fun because it was
2: offensive genius young offensive genius versus old defensive mastermind that was pretty cool
1: my favorite Super Bowl ever, uh, 43, Wisenhunt was a former Steelers coordinator uh, on the roster and then took on the Steelers as the head coach against uh, Bruce Arians, Dick LeBeau, uh, like top to bottom. That was that was a top tier coaching battle. Yeah, um, insane
2: to bring up Ken Wisenhunt, though. What a mid-coach.
1: One fairytale Ken run. Like, Ken Wizen, good offensive guy. I mean, it was more Kurt Warner than anything, but shout out Ken Wisenhunt. He's a good Steeler. He contributed to the Kurt resurgence, but... I don't know,
2: man. When I think of Ken Wisenhunt, I think a whole lot of mid teams. I think a whole lot of mediocrity. I think those terrible Titans teams. So I'm not mentioning him in the same breath as these other dudes. Dude, Sorry, Ken. Out, um,
1: I can't believe Eric Bieniemy is a free agent again. Man, I think the Chiefs should just bring him back.
2: Andy Reid, Merchant, Mahomes, Merchant. I fear. The wow. Wow. What did he do to impress you this year? I did not think he was good this year,
1: and like not much, but I mean, damn dude, they gave them they gave him Sam Howell. <laughs> no, they
2: gave him Sam Howell. That's true. But I still thought that it was a weird, offensive approach, and I don't think that. They didn't give scary Terry the ball enough, man.
1: That's true, bro. Terry, th- Terry, like so the nice,
2: target dude. distribution was weird. I, that Washington offense was just weird enough to where it's like, yeah, they weren't super talented, but like we knew that they had a good receiving core. And Brian Robinson, I actually thought played pretty well when he was out there, and they still sucked offensively. Yeah, you have Sam Howell, but. I don't think that the exactly proved himself like he was looking to when he was like, I don't even need to be a head coach. I'll just go do it as an OC somewhere else. I'm not a Mahomes Andy Reid merchant. I fear you may be, Eric. I fear you may be stamped. But, you know, he's got a lot of time left in the league. We'll see.
1: Bring him back, man. What's the
2: downside? There's no downside, but that would be kind of sad for him. That's like Josh McDaniels, bro, or Matt Patricia, these Patriots <laughs> losers who <laughs> keep true. leaving and coming back, and then people think like, whoa, whoa, this guy, he's got the Belichick culture, and then they're a disaster. No, they're Belichick merchants.
1: Dude, Bill O'Brien, it's like any team hiring Marvin Lewis. It's like, I know you're cooked. cook. Yeah, Marvin
2: Lewis, a legendary ASU defensive advisor. I can't remember what his role was. Shout out.
1: Now he's with the Raiders. The Raiders.
2: Yeah, bro. Cause at AP, I bet. Wait, did they just bring him on Marvin Lewis? True. No, they, they That's did. Definitely yeah, AP. That's definitely AP then. Yeah. All right. There you go. A little bit of Marvin Lewis talk to send you guys into the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this one. As always, you can find all of our full shows on the nerds. YouTube page with video. You can also find uh, this new trivia show that we started, the Trivia Gauntlet. We've done one episode, another one coming out soon. You can find the video breakdowns, video essays that we do there, like 10, 12 minutes. I did one on Brandon Miller this week, a little bit more intensive, film-heavy stuff. You can check us out across social media, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at nerd sesh on the first two, at nerd underscore sesh on Twitter to see all of our trivia content, to see clips from the shows, just to stay tuned in with what we're doing. You can check out our merch, Logan's got the hat, we got the flags behind us, that's at thevolume.com, and you can join our Discord if you want to talk basketball, football, be part of our community, see various photoshops of Logan and I onto different Pokemon and dinosaurs that could serve as potential new nicknames for us. Those have been popping off in the Discord, so that link is... Is at the link tree across our social media bios. So, with that, as always, get ready. Get ready for some football, fellas. This is going to be fun. I have been Carson Brabber.
1: I have been Logan Camden.
2: And this was Nerd Sash.
0: Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpresscom Amax. Live Nation presents Concert Week now through May 14th. Get twenty five dollars tickets to over five thousand shows. That's up to seventy five percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bizzlefuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than five thousand summer shows for just twenty five dollars until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Champ, Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It
0: sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com.